of everyone. I'm just going to move this to one side. We're hoping oh, the screen's there. That's good. Can you all see the screen? Only because I'm using a whole bunch of different versions of scripture. <clears throat> okay, there we go. Well, I said uh, happy Sabbath. Guess what I'm preaching on? No, I'm preaching on the happy Sabbath. <laughs> happy Sabbath. Because it's called Loving God's Day. So it is a happy Sabbath, isn't it? All right. Well, today is the fourth in our series on the Ten, on the Ten Commandments. And I hope you're enjoying the series. And I hope you're learning a lot. <clears throat> it would be very difficult for a Seventh-day Adventist to learn anything new about the Fourth Commandment. Because that's a one of the big ones for us, isn't it? Well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? So let's see if there is something to learn. I don't know. Well, let's see what we can do with it. Uh, we've just read that for our scripture reading. Thank you, Fernand, for putting so much of you into that too. That was good. I like that. Um, now, um, <clears throat> I'm not an expert on gardening. Actually, my wife probably is, but I'm not an expert on gardening. Um, but I do enjoy gardening, and I can imagine that plants might grow a little bit at night, a little bit at night, but I think they grow the most in the light of the day. And that would be my conclusion as a layman. And I think that Christians do grow through the week, but I think that our most productive growth could be on the Sabbath day, when we devote one entire 24-hour period with God, that's a definite possibility, isn't it? God so loved the world that he gave his created children a full day of time in which they could grow more into his image. Isn't that the purpose of the Sabbath? In fact, I believe that in the fourth commandment, uh, if the fourth commandment had always been kept, there would be no evolutionists. The fourth commandment links all humanity with their loving creator. Let's repeat the fourth commandment. So not only does Fernand get to put his all into this, but let's, let's get into this. This is from the New King James. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Your, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within the gates. I could tell you a lot of stories around just that last few words, but yeah, we've got time. Um, before we read the second half of this, my wife's family has a lot of those have converted to Judaism, and on Sabbath, once we've been to church, it's good to visit sometimes. And when we've gone back to Adelaide, we have visited them after church on a Sabbath afternoon. Now, you think visiting Jewish people on a Sabbath afternoon is like keeping the Sabbath, right? Now, I'm not saying it isn't, but we went over to my niece's place, and um, um, she, um, she said, would you like a cup of tea? And we don't refuse hospitality. And she 
filled the water up in the, in the kettle and she put it on the gas stove and she picked up the matches and I said, <coughs> would you like me to strike the match? <laughs> now, there's a reason for this. It's because for them, striking a match is kindling a fire. And that's one of their 600-odd commandments for, on Sabbath-keeping. You see? And so... and um, But then you say to yourself, what about the stranger within the gate? For them, they don't apply this. It was all right for me to strike the match because I was the alien or the stranger within the gate. And this is the sort of thing that goes on. And I just love the way we keep the Sabbath as opposed to... Others that do. Let's keep reading. Just, just a little aside. Very interesting what you, what you pick up and learn. All right, four. And this is a very good reason because God's telling us to do this, and then He says, "And I have a reason for this." And it begins with four. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And I'll be talking about that as I go ahead. In the first six days of creation, God created life. On the seventh day, he created love. A time for love, a day to love. The first five days were all created in anticipation of the arrival of God's children. They came on the sixth day. Do you remember how you fixed up the home when your first baby was born? Remember that before you went into the hospital, you and your husband or wife painted the room? Some don't do that, but imagine it if you don't. And and if you knew what the baby was going to be, that paint might have been blue for a boy or pink for a girl or yellow if you weren't certain. Back in those days, sometimes you weren't certain. You did that so that your baby would have an ideal place to grow. Well, the Garden of Eden was prepared was a prepared place for his creatures to play and grow. God did the same thing. On the first five days of creation, he prepared the nursery so that his new children would have the ideal place to play and to grow. Adam and Eve were the highest forms of life that God had created here on this planet. <clears throat> to create all other life, God spoke and it came into existence. But he did not do that with Adam and Eve. He didn't speak them into existence. In fact, what God did to create his first child was to kneel down and mould Adam into his own image with his own hands. And then he placed his lips on those lips of clay as if kissing Adam into life. He breathed into the man his own life-giving breath, and Adam became a living soul, a living person. Adam opened his eyes, and the very first person he saw, he looked up into the eyes of his loving maker, his creator, his heavenly father. He did not look up into the eyes of a monkey. And a short time and after a short time, Adam desired a companion like himself. God did not select clay this time. He chose to make Eve directly from Adam instead of using clay. He used a better substance to make the woman. 
and he chose to make Eve directly from Adam so that their genetic codes would have been identical. Adam soon awakened after his surgery. Notice, now notice that in this instance, the man bore all the pain in giving birth. You know, the scriptures we read for, um, it took a rib out of Adam. That's the only time that that Hebrew word is translated as rib. In every other instance, it's side. And remember, Adam said afterwards, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones, seems more than a little bit of bone, doesn't it? I suspect a whole section of him was taken out. So when I say he had child-bearing pains, yeah, he bore all the pains in giving birth, but not the woman. This is before sin. The next thing God did was to invent marriage. God united them together. There were angel choirs, animal parades, birds provided the music. I can imagine it was very special. Adam and Eve were joined together in that beautiful Garden of Eden. By sunset on the sixth day, God had completed his work. No more work of any kind was done after sundown. Then God created the Sabbath, beginning at sundown, Friday night. The seventh day, in fact, was so important that it was the only day that was given a name. Did you realize that? You check back in your Bible, it was the only day that was given a, a name. You know, the first day of the week, it was actually the first day, uh, it was actually when you see the translation, it's the first day of the second day, and it's the abbreviated version of the first day to the Sabbath. Sunday was the first day to the Sabbath. Uh, Sunday, rather, it was the first day to the Sabbath. Monday was the second day to the Sabbath. Tuesday, third, four, Wednesday, the fourth day, Thursday, the fifth day to the Sabbath, Friday, the... No, wrong. Preparation day for the Sabbath. And it was always finished with of the Sabbath. It was connected to the Sabbath, every one of those days. First day to the Sabbath and preparation day for the Sabbath. But the day that was named was Sabbath. Interesting, isn't it? Okay, no other dates had a name. And it was made to benefit both Adam and Eve. And you know the text. When we look at Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28, I'm flicking this up because I'm going to use different versions. But check it out with me. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Which day is the Sabbath day? It's the seventh day, Saturday. By the way, the word Sabbath, in the actual um, commandment, the seventh day is the Sabbath to your Lord. What does Sabbath mean? Do you know what the word means? Rest, yeah, thank you. Scholars, actually, if you translated it, the seventh day is a rest to the Lord. Sabbath is just another word for rest. So the Sabbath was made for people and Adam and Eve were the first people. The Sabbath hours are a special time when again we fill our spiritual lungs with God's breath of spiritual life and we become born again. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. God rested, he blessed it, and he sanctified the seventh day. These are the three elemental components that make the Sabbath what it is. I'm putting it up there. 
Oh, I jumped the gun, but that's all right. It's a day of rest. It's a day of when God ended his activity so that he could stop and focus on his creation. Does God have to rest? He, he doesn't grow weary. We know that. But he did. He chose to rest. It's a day when God ended his activity so that he could stop and focus on his creation. <clears throat> Over in Psalm 46.10. <clears throat> Give you a chance to look that up. Psalm 46.10 in your Bibles. This states the law of stopping. And you'll know it when you see it. Thank you. Yes. Oh, what have I done here? Oh, I'm supposed to put these up. Okay, rest. Be still and know that I am God. Now, this is incredible because we always think that we've got to be doing something to be of value to God, don't we? <clears throat> when you meet somebody, what's the very first question they ask you once they know your name? What do you do for a living? What do you care I do for a living? You know? It's not about what we do, isn't it? It's more important about what's in the heart. Okay. And so, therefore, we become workaholics. We've either got to be talking on the phone or doing something, accomplishing something. Otherwise, we're of no, not, no value. We're not valuable. Yet God says, be still and know that I am God. He wants us to stop. Stop. Disconnect from everything else. Be still and know that I am God. God calls us to stop our workaholic behavior and recover from exhaustion. And he provides one 24-hour period of time in which we can accomplish that very thing. You see, we are not mice on a perpetual motion wheel. That's not what we are. Love takes time. And the Sabbath was created to provide a weekly time for love so that the creature might get to know the Creator, that they might grow closer together. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. It's a time of spiritual recreation. Sometimes we call that recreation. <coughs> <coughs> Before I was a Christian, particularly a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, I used to work seven days a week. My job entailed five but I put the other, these two days flat out doing everything else. And it wasn't long before I was beginning to get very, very tired. And it was an absolute blessing to have discovered the Sabbath where I was literally forced to stop doing. And I think, Peter, you gave a testimony about two or three weeks ago on the very same thing. And it is so true. If you are a person that, that needs to be doing something all the time... Um, it was a, a blessing. And so I set aside one day of the week to relax and spend time with my family. And guess what? I started to recuperate. I started to feel whole again, healthy. We all need to take time out once every seventh day. It's a God-ordained day. It doesn't work for six days or four days or ten days. It's that seventh day that works for us. We all need a day of rest, and the Sabbath is a day of rest. The Sabbath is the day of rest. So the Sabbath is very important. We need that Sabbath rest. The fourth commandment is the longest commandment in the entire ten. It is the heart of the Ten Commandments. And it will enable your heart to grow. We need the Sabbath rest. So go ahead, take a Sabbath nap after church. Not during church, 
That's not the correct, uh, that's the correct timing there, you understand. Um, I call it lay activities. If I'm tired on the Sabbath, I don't mind a bit of lay activities. <coughs> but not while I'm preaching, or not while anybody's preaching. <coughs> rest your cares on Jesus and your relationship with him will flourish. That restful time will boost your relationship with Jesus. Sabbath rest will produce a harvest of spiritual growth in your life. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit will flourish in your soul. God's purpose in creating the Sabbath was to put a stop to work and the hassles of the week and allow time for spiritual productivity. Have you noticed that you can leave work behind, your grumbles behind, your gripes behind? In fact, I know in the islands, and I think the Spanish church do it, and a lot of other churches, their day begins at sundown, and they'll come to church and have opening a Sabbath at church. And then they'll go home merely to have sleep and have breakfast, and they're back next morning. And they're right through till they close Sabbath. And I know my Cook Islander church did that, you know? And it was incredible. They just full on, let's be with God and be with each other like faith. You know, Christians are like the rechargeable flashlight. We shine brightly until we begin to run down and our light becomes dim. Then we need some downtime when we connect with the power source and become recharged. This is our recharging time, one would hope. And when, when does that happen? Well, we try it through the week, of course. You ever tried recharging during the week? Not as easy, is it, really, when you think about it? We pray through the week, of course, and we do try it. We study our Bibles through the week, but on Sabbath, here comes one glorious 24 hours when we can be fully recharged for God and fully recharged with God. And to do that, we need some downtime. When you plug that flashlight in the wall, it isn't turned on, it's switched on. It's recharging. And we need to be switched off from our labours and our work. When we connect with the power source of the universe, then we become recharged. And that rest time is called the Sabbath. And that's what the purpose of it is. All right. Deal with the, the blessing. The Sabbath is a blessing. That was the second part of that that um, last verse, verse 11. God rested on that day. He blessed that day. And so the Sabbath is a blessing. I'm just going to... just point out, this isn't a way of apology. When I was in Rockhampton, apparently I used to snore like a freight train. And my wife said, Neil, you've got to do something about it. And there was a doctor, a surgeon there. He was Egyptian. That doesn't say that's good or bad, but he was very good at what he did. But he lasered my palate, and he took just about everything out. So when I'm breathing or talking, I dry out really, really quickly. So that's why I'm constantly having the water. If you ever wondered why, it's, it's just, you know, it's not that I'm a windbag, I hope. All right. Now, so the first, so the Sabbath <coughs> is a blessing. So on that first Sabbath, I can imagine God taking Adam and Eve in, into the garden and bonding with them. They, they didn't really know him, did they? They'd just been around a few hours, and so they needed to get acquainted. We need to get acquainted. 
And the Sabbath was a time when you acquaint yourself with God of the universe, with your maker, and he bonded with their hearts. In the Garden of Eden, what a blessed day that first Sabbath must have been. They're able to spend the entire time with their Heavenly Father. And I trust you, you could be a little bit envious of those two, because it's God and then two, not God and 75 million people, right? God and them two, face to face. What a fantastic and phenomenal situation it would have been. They were able to spend the entire time with the Heavenly Father. I don't even know if they went to bed that Friday night. Will it get dark in heaven? Did it get dark in the Garden of Eden? Did they need to sleep? The sun went down, but God was there. I think every Sabbath day continues to be a fount of blessing. In fact, look at Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56, verse 2. It's about Sabbath keeping. And it says, says, Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. If you keep the Sabbath, you're going to be blessed. You see, we can make material things. We can make a quilt. You can make a quiche. But one thing you can't make is time. Only God can make time. We can't rearrange time. Time belongs to God. We can't rearrange the Sabbath. Some people say, well, Sunday is Sabbath, or Friday is Sabbath, or Thursday is Sabbath. Well, we can't do that. Only God can make time. And I believe that once a week, there's a 24-hour period from sunset uh, Friday night to sunset Saturday night in which we may draw near, uh, nearer than ever to God. And he can draw nearer than ever to his children. He has an appointment with us on that seventh day. I once held a study group with a group of Seventh-day Adventists at one of the retirement villages of which I was chaplain. And one of the ladies who was a recent addition, however, was not at SDA. And we were studying God's law at the time, and halfway through the last session, she made a bold statement that it doesn't really matter which day we keep, Saturday or Sunday, does it? Well, how do you handle someone in the middle of a group of people like that? Well, my response to that statement was, we can speak to God whenever we want to. I grant you that, I said. And we can worship him on any day of the week or seven days a week. I grant you that. Both these are good and acceptable. But when he makes an appointment to see us, then we need to be there at that appointed time. Not his. Uh, not, not ours at his appointed time. If we make an appointment to see the dentist, you're familiar with that, uh, then we cannot come at a different time and expect to be treated, can we? <laughs> no, well, that's exactly like God. That's, that's the way it works. So uh, the Sabbath is his appointment with us. So I want to tell you that every week you have an appointment with God on the seventh day. And just like he used to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden on the seventh day, today he comes to walk with his children. And when he comes walking again on the seventh day, he comes with blessings to give those who love him. At a youth seminar I attended in Sydney a number of years ago, a number of, long number of years ago now, Dr. Steve Case, 
he, he helps write the Sabbath school, some of the Sabbath school for kids. He's, he's right into that, him and another fellow. I can't think of the other fellow's name. But Dr. Steve Case was there, as a young fellow at the time, told of the time when he was a youngster and he left the church. And a lot of um, Adventist kids do that, and some of us are quite painfully aware of that. And one Sabbath he was walking in town, probably shopping or doing something like that, and he walked past a bakery. And in the window he saw some freshly cooked cinnamon scrolls. Do you know what they are, cinnamon scrolls? Yeah. Okay, yummy, yeah, okay, right, yeah. Anyways, he not only saw them, if you know anything about bakeries, you smell them. I remember when I was working in the public service and I was without car for a while, and one of my fellow workers was going, was not going past, but I had to walk about three or four blocks, and he'd pick me up and take me to work. Well, I happened to stop outside a bakery first thing in the morning, and all you could smell was fresh bread, and you know, you're actually salivating from there all the way into work. Just about. Well, anyway, he was walking past the bakery and he not only saw these cinnamon scrolls, but he could smell them. And you know what smells can do to you? They can take you back to other times, other places. Absolutely incredible. And that's exactly what it did to Steve. And those cinnamon scrolls actually brought him back to church. You see, his mum was one of these wonderful ladies that made sure that Sabbath was a high day, an absolute delight. And so consequently, she made sure that she cooked up their favourite desserts for Sabbath. And, you know, and the rest of it, your favourite dress and your favourite clothes and your cleaner's clothes. But she, and one of it was cinnamon scrolls, and they love cinnamon scrolls. And he could only be taken back to that. And he, he remembered what a good time church was and what a wonderful time it was, fellowshipping and all that. And so he went back. He went back, went back to church, finished his church, went to high school, finished his high school, went to college, become a, uh, a minister, did a doctorate in child, child um, Sabbath school stuff. Um, cinnamon scrolls. Make them sometime. There you go magic and that's how God wants it to be God wants it to be a special time it is a special time um, let's look at Isaiah 58 13 and 14 now you've seen this before we do this in every Bible study on the Sabbath Sabbath but this one's the New Living Translation so I'm going to read from this because I like the way that that extends it and builds on it a bit he says this, I love the way it's stated, keep the Sabbath day holy, don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honour the Lord in everything you do and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. And if you do this, the Lord will be your delight. I will give you a great honour and give you full share of the inheritance I promised to Jacob, your ancestor. I, the Lord, have spoken. It really is that good, keeping the Sabbath, and it is a blessing. It's that beautiful. If you enjoy the Sabbath, if you can call it a day of delight, if you use it to get acquainted with, with your God and you and you honour your Lord, you will in turn be blessed. Do you know one of the, the joys that come to I found coming to this church almost immediately. And 
you know, you always go with fear and trepidation if you got a new new posting. It's the fact that you guys chose deliberately, and I know there's a, a, a secondary purpose because you come from out of town, and if you're going to come in, come come for a longer period. But there was a, always a fellowship meal. I know in the New Testament, they talk about and they broke bread daily. Now a lot of people said they had communion every day. It's a load of rubbish. If you knew what the what the Lord's Supper really was, and I'll do a sermon on that with Nicole. I promised Nicole I would do that. Okay. Um, um, they they fellowship with one another. They ate meals together, and that, there's blessings in that because you get to talk, catch up. I caught up with a whole bunch of you guys best that way than I ever did here. I, I got to know Scotty, and it was really good. And hear him talk. I love his accent. Mike, another guy, yep. Yeah. And the rest of the guys, Doug, I got to know at his place. Um, over a long period of time with Joanne and the rest of the people I've got to know in different ways, but it's great, Fellowship Lunch. Clive, I've known for a long time, so, uh, yeah, we're old old friends, we are. All right, back to this. Um, so you call it a delight, use it to get acquainted with, the, with, with your God and you honour the Lord, you will be in turn be blessed. The blessings are not just for today, though, they're for eternity because God comes every Sabbath and he comes to give his people great gifts of joy, peace, and love, and hope. So naturally, we don't want to be working on the Sabbath when he comes, do we? That would spoil the relationship. So we schedule shopping, our sports, our TV, our housework, our bill paying, and all those other things for some other time, so that we can be present to get the full blessing that God has for us, so that we can devote our full attention to the deepening of our connection between us and Jesus. The Sabbath is such a positive thing. We rest on that day, we're blessed on that day, and we are sanctified on that day. God blessed that day, he hallowed that day, he sanctified that day. <clears throat> so sanctification means <clears throat> being set aside for holy use. <clears throat> That's another reason why people shouldn't touch the Sabbath. When God sets us aside for holy use, you can't not use it for holy use. You know what I'm saying? You can't say another day is when it isn't. And by the way, we are set aside for holy use. Peter told us that. Originally it was offered to the Jews, but we are a holy nation, a sanctified nation. And if we're set aside for holy use, we're not our own. We're supposed to be doing the things that he wants us to do. We, when we dedicate our children, we did that the other day. We dedicated a job. Um, we set them aside for holy use, don't we? Just like when Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord. <coughs> the Sabbath is a time dedicated for use by you and God to strengthen your relationship with one another. We do that a lot. Sanctification is where we humans gradually grow and become one with the divine image. Just like a greenhouse is a dedicated place for the ideal growth of plants, just so the Sabbath is a dedicated time that provides ideal conditions for us to grow into the likeness of God himself. That's the direction we're growing. John stated that, that goal in John 17. Here's the goal Jesus wants for his children. John 17, 22 and 23 
and the glory which you gave me I have given them. And then he goes on to say, and this is his prayer for every one of us, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That's the true reason of the Sabbath. That's, a, that's, that's the real purpose of the Sabbath. That's the time when this can happen. The seventh day is a golden opportunity to meet God and grow closer to Him. The tools to accomplish this wonderful growth are prayer, family worship, Bible study, attendance at church, and Sabbath school class. Then there's also a walk in God's second book, Nature. And that allows time to listen to God's voice and meditate on His will. Reading, relaxing, playing with your children, Praying and a host of other spiritually rewarding activities will draw us closer to God. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. I attended a synagogue once. You've got to check out these places. You really do. And um, I, I mentioned the seating arrangements in our business meetings. But um, it was interesting because I saw children under the age of 13, children. That's not these. These are not children as far as... Jewish law goes, after, after 13, you're old enough to be an adult. Children can sit down, they can colour in books. People would bring in sweets. Now, we don't allow food. I saw a big box of Smarties, not a packet, a box f full of packets where the kids hand them out. They're allowed to eat, they're allowed to colour in. They are not allowed to make any noise whatsoever. They cannot interrupt the speaking of the scriptures or the sermon because that's what they're there for is to listen to the word and to get closer to God but children are children and they're allowed to be children provided they're not interrupting the service but when you turn 13 uh -huh. it is so different you guys should be getting ready okay very important and Jack trying to hide there behind Fernand, but I, I can see him. Okay, yeah, so it's about having the, the, the um, children involved. And as long as they're re rewarding activities, and believe you me, children can hear. I remember my daughter had a friend over, and they're watching TV, you know, cartoons, I don't even know what was on TV. And we adults were sitting down there, and we're talking, we're telling of an event, and somehow we must have got either a place wrong or a name wrong. And they're watching and listening. And one of them turns around and says, no, don't you mean so-and-so? And they corrected us <laughs> and turned around and they were back and f fully focused in their TV. They're always listening. Those kids with the smarties, they're listening. They are. Those kids, when they colour in pictures in, in service, they're listening. That's all part of the service. As long as they're here on the Sabbath day and not somewhere else, that's really important. <coughs> Des Cummings Jr. In, in his work called Original Love said this, God is love in person, the Sabbath is love in time, and the church is love in place. Shall I say that again? I should have put that up there. God is love in person, we know that. God is love. The Sabbath is love in time. And the church, and folk, I think you epitomize this, 
the church's love in place. And I think that's wonderful. As a weekly reminder of his love, God made the Sabbath. Because God loved Adam and Eve, he also gave them freedom, which also includes the power of choice. That power could be exercised in one spot. Did you know that? Their power of choice could only be exercised in one spot, at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it's interesting that evil was limited to one tree, but goodness was unlimited. Think about that. Goodness was everywhere. It was all over the new earth. The knowledge of evil was limited. God did his best to keep evil from them. Evil could not come to them, but they had freedom to come to evil. And Satan's freedom was limited, but their freedom was unlimited. <clears throat> Eve had a brilliant mind. One day she exercised the power of choice to enter Satan's turf. She listened to him. She looked. She took. She tasted and she fell. Then she shared, and Adam fell. As she tasted the harmless-looking fruit, I can imagine all heaven saying, no, this can't be happening, but it did. And the snake smiled. The garden started to become a jungle. The pure earth, formerly only able to produce good plants, is inoculated with weeds that soon attack the entire environment it would spread like cancer. Adam and Eve's actions removed the fence around the tree of good and evil and sin escaped, attacking the other six days of creation. It was about to destroy the whole place and God had to quarantine them and evict them from the Garden of Eden. The saddest result of sin was its assault upon the Sabbath. Do you realize that? Sin has done more than anything else to the Sabbath. A dark shadow came over the day dedicated to love. Rather than deepen the, the love relationship with God, the couple now hid from his face. They were back there hiding in the shadows. Their fear destroyed their rest. Their shame destroyed their blessing. And their blaming everybody destroyed their sanctification. The man and the woman soon started to die along with other life. They immediately became uncomfortable with their nakedness. They wanted to be covered up. The beautiful robe of warm light was gone. In a dense part of the garden, they struggled to cover their disrobed bodies. Quickly, they must invent needle and thread and fine material. The forest floor is littered with torn fig leaves and trampled foliage. How pathetic we are at trying to cover up our own sins. Shame transformed Adam and Eve from caretakers to consumers. The 6,000-year tyranny of the snake began its grim destruction upon the human race. Fortunately, God preserved two vestiges of his love from the wreckage. One was marriage, and the other was the Holy Sabbath. And those have been preserved from the Garden of Eden. Marriage would remain to promote love in the family. The Sabbath would remain to promote love with God. The Sabbath would draw them back into a loving relationship with their creator. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. Today, the Sabbath remains like the tree of life in a forest of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what the Sabbath is because we live in a land of good and evil. 
more evil than good, I think. Each Sabbath, God again walks the earth to spend time with his children. He comes to give us a blessing. He comes with blessings to give to his children. As Seventh-day Adventist Christians, our task is to faithfully partake of the fruit of this Holy Sabbath rest, that we might grow more and more into the divine image of our Creator. The Pharisees in Jesus' day had pretty well spoiled the Sabbath. They had so many rules and regulations that they placed a fence around the Sabbath, just like there had been a fence around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, with all their regulations and rules. Nobody could enter into a full rest because of all those rules and reap its fruit. Instead of being a day of love, the Sabbath had become a day of law and law-keeping, the survival of the fittest. Jesus restored the true focus of the Sabbath on on love instead of the law. In John 14, and now this is the uh, American Standard Version, because it's the most correct in its translation, if you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, we're not saved because we keep the commandments. We keep the commandments because we're saved. We keep the commandments because we love Jesus. If you don't love Jesus, you can keep all the commandments you want. Guess what? It means nothing. It's love that is the motivator. And it's got to be love that's a, that's a motivator. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Love is the greatest motivation in the world. No one can keep the Sabbath unless he first falls in love with the creator of the Sabbath. You see, God wants us to spend time with us, wants to spend time with us, God again waits to talk with us on Sabbath. God wants a relationship with us. I'm looking forward to the Sabbath in heaven. I can sit down with you guys and listen to somebody else tell the stories. I want to know where I'll I'll set it wrong and where I'll set it right. It would be great. And to get it from the Master himself. Each week we have a 24-hour day with divinity. God wants that relationship deepened on the Sabbath. Sabbath is a special time for you to grow your love with Jesus, a time to sink your spiritual roots a little deeper into Jesus' great heart of love. God thinks so much of this holy time together that when we leave heaven for the new earth, the special Sabbath hours will still be in place for us to spend quality time with God. And this is my last text for the day, Isaiah 66:23, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, some people, all flesh, shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Not, not because they have to, but because they love him. Praise God for the fourth commandment. It's such a wonderful commandment. It's one that you ought to remember. You see, the Sabbath is a mine where the precious gems of God's character can be uncovered and absorbed into our very nature. Thus the Sabbath enables us to grow more and more into the image and character of God himself. What a day of rest and gladness the Sabbath is. Let us rejoice in it. Amen. Okay. It's now time for our final hymn. If I can remember which one I chose. Oh, a day of rest. Why not? Yeah.
Father in heaven, you heard how we sang. You've heard the word spoken, Father. Know, please, in our hearts of hearts that we love you and we worship you and we're here not because we have to be, but because we love you. It's just another one of your love commandments that we wish to be a part of so that we can grow in your image. May everyone here, Father, grow in your image and may they take this special time off to grow better and more fuller and may we have time to fellowship more often. We look forward to the time, Father, when we can see you face to face. May each and every head here bowed be ready to be taken away by Jesus in order that that will be fulfilled. And that's our prayer in your Son Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.